Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in SoCo Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level. What, in essence, is high-performance culture? We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Hi guys, so today we are speaking to Ian Golding who is an up-and-coming CrossFit athlete based here in Dublin. So the interview with Ian is the first of our series of emerging talent interviews that we've done with up-and-coming athletes in different sports in Ireland. It's also the first in a series of CrossFit interviews that we're releasing this week ahead of the big competition in Waterford this weekend. Um, So we speak to Ian about his sporting career to date and how he actually ended up uh, becoming a CrossFit athlete. Ian obviously was previously a coach, so we speak to him about his coaching philosophy, but he's also now switched to becoming a full-time CrossFit athlete, so we speak to him about how he finds that balance now that he has switched to becoming full-time. We speak to him about his motivation, Uh, we speak to him about the physical and mental challenges of CrossFit in his opinion, including the competitive element that there is with other athletes. We speak to him about developing mental toughness in the sport. Uh, We speak to him about how to program around goals uh, in general, not just in CrossFit, and also about the difficulty of maintaining personal relationships when you're committed to training as a a full-time athlete. So it's a very insightful listen, and hopefully there's lots in here for you to take away. So as per usual, uh, myself and David can be contacted on Instagram if you have any questions or comments. So we're there on Soco Performance or uh, David is there on D Clancy Physio and Ian Golding is there as Ian Golding underscore 10. So hope you enjoy this one and speak to you soon. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Sleep Eat Perform Repeats. Today we are sitting down with CrossFitter Ian Golding. David, would you like to say hello to Ian and introduce yeah. him? Ian, thanks a lot for coming in today. It's a pleasure to have you in with two of us today. We're looking forward to hearing what makes you tick and how you have become a near-on full-time cross. Crossfitter, you've come from a multi-sport background, which we find really interesting, and you're looking to make it to the CrossFit Games over the couple of years coming. So, tell us a little bit about your story and how you've come to where you are today. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me, Bristol. Um, so, where I started off um, playing fo- mainly football as my background soccer. I did like a lot of sports when I was younger, and the goal is for, like a lot of us, and that's to be a professional in that sport that you pick, whether it's rugby, soccer, whatever. So, I wanted to be a professional footballer. So I played for um, a skill white club, played for Park Celtic, we were the first team making the DSL Premier and from there went to Belgrade FC over the north side. So from there we won nearly nearly everything, yeah, we won all Ireland's DSL Premier Divisions. Um, after that I went on to UCD 
um, and players in their 19s and that year is really difficult because the FBI took out the reserve league and so I wasn't uh, quite at the level of the first team um, but the management at the time decided that I wasn't that they had no reserve team so there's no middle there's no stock gap and we were just talking FAI is manager of the league and that was a big issue for us at the time as players and I wasn't the only one where they sort of left us hanging a bit you know so the uh, UCD thing ended after the 19s we went there went down to Wexford Houston and played there for a few months um, and then again that was a similar pattern I was just travelling around the country couldn't quite get in um, and then after that I went to LSL with Wayside Celtic um, so I realised then that um, I wasn't, I didn't think I was quite, quite make it as a professional, so I decided to turn my attentions to a different sport and I was weighing a few things up, um, I was actually going to do um, slalom, <laughs> canoeing, um, I was going to do cross, I was thinking about doing triathlon, but I went for cross in the end and um, my goal when I started was to, was the goal at the time was to make the regionals, um, which would be like the European Championships in cross it, and the system sort of changed. But the goal still remains the same, that I want to make it to regionals, um, or the standard, which is now sanctionals, and then hopefully push on from there. Um, like I was saying, there's a lot of us in that boat, so, you know, there's myself, um, you know, Sam Stewart, Jamie Heaton, and Michael Smith, they've all been there, well, Michael Smith's going to the games, you know, so, um, all the lads have been there, I'm sort of aspiring to get to that next level, so that's what's going so you're a former coach, and now you're training out of Chapter Two Fitness, and kind of what is your your schedule like? Your training like these days? Yeah, so I was um, first of all, I was really lucky that when I wanted to start, I was looking for a few places to give me an opportunity, and Jamie um, was the only one who gave me an opportunity to start. So I owe a lot to Jamie and to his dad Connor and to Gary who who set up who run the gym in Chapter Two. You know, without them, I wouldn't have had an opportunity to start. So. Um, I coached there up until um, recently where I just took a step back from coaching and was focusing on, on, on training full time now um, for a few weeks to see how it goes. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills, so um, we'll see over the next weeks what I decide to do. But um, they gave me an opportunity which I never would have had, so I owe a lot to those guys. Um, at the moment, my day really looks like I, I uh, train in the morning and train in the afternoon, and then in between that's recovery. Um, and prepare myself for the next session. Um, I don't train on Thursdays or Fridays, or it's active recovery, so I might swim or go for a, like a light jog. Um, but Thursdays and Sundays I have off, but all the other days are uh, double days or um, just long, one session that's uh, long enough. Do you have a coach, or who does all your programming? Yeah, so um, Mike McGoldrick at Train Think Tank uh, coaches me. Um, so Train Think Tank was set up by Max Alhaj, and he's the coach of Travis Mayer and Noah Olsen, a few other guys. And then they have a multitude of coaches as well. So Mike is my coach. Mike is actually at the games himself. Okay. Um, so Mike's been there. He's been around a long time. They really, like, um, what sort of innovative, you know, and how they're coaching, you know. Um, I think CrossFit has, um, you know, a name amongst people that, you know, it's very, you know, crazy, it's like haphazard, you know, uh, their, their approach is, is more it's like a professional sport, you know, we, they approach it that way as well, and Mike is excellent, you know, I can't say enough about him, um, you know, what, what is coaching at the end of the day, it's not just programming, it's, you know, coaching the person, they're all about that, you know, and they're, they're really making an, an effort to, 
to see if you know like an individual level emotionally you know and yeah. um, as well as just you know anyone can sort of write something on paper but it's like how you're coaching the person around that you know different issues helping them out and um, how does that feel how is that too hard you know how's your stress levels you know do you want me to take it back a bit you know all that sort of things how's your sleep and how's your food how's your nutrition like so all that stuff together so um yeah mike's been coaching me now for since november and he's excellent pretty good um, so, so tell tell the listeners who mightn't know CrossFit so much what exactly it entails, the mix and 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 why you're doing it. What what really appeals to you about CrossFit? Yeah, so um, I think it was just cool when I started that. It was such a mix of different sports. As a child, I didn't do gymnastics. I didn't do weightlifting. I didn't do rowing. Um, and I just found that really cool. That I was never going to be able to do that. You know, that I was able to do stuff on the rings. We able to do stuff on the bar. Um, so waste water is a mix of different sports performed at high intensity essentially um, and within that you do uh, rowing, running, swimming, biking you do you know, handstand walks, muscle ups and um, push ups, you do body weight movements and then you do heavy barbell movements so the clean jerk snatch um, and those type of movements together and the thing is that it can be all done at different intensities so like what I would do and what my mum would do, you know, we could do the same workout, just perform that scale appropriately for each of us, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's the cool thing, you know, that I can do something that somebody who's much older than me is doing and we're both doing the same thing essentially, you know. Yeah. But at the time what what appealed to me was that it's such a very mixed of sports, um, and I thought it was cool, you know. Maybe we got the old lads are ripped as that, you know. Yes. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So we have a quick chat about uh, your mindset yeah. and your motivation. So you're saying there a few minutes ago that obviously it's not paying the bills at the moment. Yeah. What is motivating you from going from, say, working a part-time job and doing CrossFit recreationally yeah. to wanting to go for it full-time? What's your actual, what's your end goal? What's yeah, your motivation? Like, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think I just always wanted to be a professional athlete. You know, um, it's not a sport to get into if you want to become mega rich. You know, it's not like a golfer. Um, or a professional footballer where you're earning hundreds of thousand euro a week you know the rogue invitation was on last week which would be like the highest level that you could compete last week and the winner got 50 grand you know um, and you might only have two or three of those competitions a year so the money you're not going to be a millionaire after you know um, so it's not it's not from that aspect anyway um, it's just more from a, I just wanted to be a professional athlete since, since as long as I can remember um, and that's sort of what's driving me to to compete at the highest level and that um, I, I just aspire to be at the top you know yeah. like I, I don't want to be average you know I want to be at the very top and um, you, you've got to put a lot of work in to do that you know you know like Jamie, Sam, Michael they have to put a lot of work in to get to where they are you know um, Armenia staying in court he's the same you know everyone's putting in the work so um, I'm not the only one there's a lot of us there so we're also fighting for the number one spot, and um, um, yeah, I think it's just from prof- professional aspirations. So I always wanted to be a professional athlete, and that's sort of where it comes from, you know. Yeah. yeah. What I find very interesting about having watched a lot of the Netflix documentaries, you have to be mentally really tough and resilient because you look at people like Catherine Davis' daughter, mm. right, who's won it several times CrossFit Games, struggles with a pegboard. Mm. Then you watch. Rich Froning, you know, mm-hmm. who's won it four times, struggled with the rope climb, then came back and smashed mm-hmm. it. Matt Fraser wasn't always the best at doing certain things. Yeah. What's, what would be the one or two maybe parts of the workout that you'd find difficult physically 
and then how would you try to overcome it? Yeah, like mental resiliency and toughness is an interesting thing, interesting topic, I think, you know, it's hard to define what it is in some cases, you know, is it the guy who comes back from bottom off the rope and, and practices a lot and then once he comes back, he's, he's better at it or is it you know, a person who keeps losing and keeps coming back or, you know, it, it's a hard thing to define um, in the sense that it, it very, it's such a broad, broad thing to cover, you know, across all different sports. For me, I think I wouldn't call myself mentally tough in a workout. I think I just condition my body to do the work. So I'm not going to be able to row a sub six minute um, 2K. It doesn't matter how much work I put in. It, like if I, if, I, if I get there, if I get on the rower now and I go out too hard, it doesn't matter how mentally tough I am. I've gone out too hard, you know. But I, I don't think about mentally resilient things that I have certain points to condition my body to. So if I want to row at 642k, well then I've got to put in this 12 week block of training and then at the end I'll get my 2k row or my, two, my 640 row. But I don't think that's necessarily mentally resilient. I think you're just conditioning your body to a certain point. So if there's no holes in your programming, so that if there's anything that's coming up in a program, you're like, I've been there, exactly. I've tried it, I've conditioned myself to be able to do it. So there's no holes. Exactly, yeah. And I think yeah. you know, if that, that's very different from mental resilience, in my opinion, you know. Like, I think, um, I think mental resilience would be maybe more outside the sphere of the actual sport in the sense that if you're not practicing the pegboard like catchers are, probably didn't do enough of, that she's not going to be able to do it. And it's not necessarily a mental thing, yeah. that she's just physically not capable of doing that thing. Yeah. So I think it's more that you're mentally resilient to do all the work that's needed over like a 12 week period. Are you mentally consistent every day with the small things? So you're sticking to your schedule every day, you know, it's not at 10 o'clock when you should be training, you're not going for a coffee with one of the guys, you know, because then you're not, you're not training, you're starting to train at half 11. Um, and then someone might be on the gym and you're going to have to leave early and then you don't get all your session done on time. someone else somewhere else training and you at could be time. getting ahead of you at that time. Exactly. I think that's more mental resilience in the everyday sense that you're sticking to your routine. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, but you're just doing your thing. Yeah. Um, and you have a constant steady routine. I think that side is really important for me um, since I started that. On Monday morning, you're gonna see me at nine. I'm gonna be training, and at half three, I'm gonna be training as well. Um, and on Thursday, I'm not gonna do anything, and on Sunday, I'm not gonna do anything. You know, and like you make your easy days easy, and you make your hard days hard. But your day is focused on on those things, and I think that's really, that's the mental resilience in that sense in that you're mentally getting yourself prepared for what you're about to do in your session. You know, I think that's just those small things added up. Yeah. I think across any sports, there's the there's the other podcast that they're super and you talk to any of the guys that you've had, you know. I think anyone at performing at elite level, and I'm not saying I'm performing at elite level, but uh, other guys are really consistent with their stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and that consistency over time equals success, you know. Yeah. You stay consistent over five, six, seven years, and you'll get to the top, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on a competition day, are you competing against yourself or are you competing against the others in your mind? Yeah, like, um, I think in a, it's a good question. I think it's a bit of both. Um, you got it. I think you're naive to think that you can just run your own race and win because if somebody else goes, if you have a, say you're running a 5K and someone starts at a tougher pace than you'd planned, well, if you don't stick with them, you're going to lose the race. Mm. So you've got to have um, a bit of balance and know what you're capable of and you're not going to redline, but you're not letting the guys too far ahead. 
and um, or you pick somebody who you know is good. So Cross is quite married. So let's say if I'm doing work out with um with Jamie, well now if I can stick with him on the bar, um and we're running after, then I'll I'll get past him on the run. But he's be really good at the gymnastics. So if I can hold with him with the gymnastics side of it, well then I can then play it off and beat him on the run. You know, yeah. um. So you're just constantly looking at you're constantly aware aware of how good or your strengths and weaknesses and then what other people are good at. Okay. So it's a constant balance, you know, yeah. a constant balance. So as a follow-on from that then, is there a kind of a camaraderie between the higher level CrossFit athletes? Would you train together or is it very much, no, I, want to, I don't want them no. to see what I'm doing? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I think that it's definitely, you know, you know, I think we all naive to think that um, we're not, we want to hide a few things, you know. Yeah. So, um, but, but we are, like all the lads going really well, you know, Sam and Jamie and myself train together. Sam, Sam and Jamie train every Friday at the moment. I've been in, I've been injured, so I'm not unable to do that. Um, you know, lads and Blanchard saying are great, you know, great crack. Kevin, Clark, Kevin Claxton, Rob Flanagan, they're all been at the top now for a number of years, you know, training out there. You know, lads up north of A20, um, I know Rina Bear, I don't know them personally, but I know they're all, they're all really good guys. You know, if you go up there, you can train together. So I think the environment's really good in, the, in that sense, you know, I think in our sports, a bit more bitter, you know. Yeah. Um, but in the cross, it's seen, I think all the top guys get on um, to really, yeah, get on pretty well you know obviously you know there's a bit of bit of bit of niggle you know it wouldn't be sport if there wasn't you know? yeah so you're, you're like oh, is it, did you do those reps there you know <laughs> is, is that you know what i mean yeah i think we're all like that and i don't think it's a bad thing you yeah. don't you don't really mean it it's a sport it's your competitive edge it isn't yeah. like it's like if i was in a workout with you know jamie and he beat me i'd be like oh, well maybe you didn't do that rep and you, you put it yourself <laughs> yeah. and then you'll tell somebody else we don't really mean it you know yeah you just you're just annoyed that you didn't win, but I think yeah. all the top guys get on well, and it's good like that. Cross is like that too. You know, you walk into a gym and then um, you know ninety nine percent of the cross gyms you walk into are really friendly, really welcoming. Yeah. Um, to anyone who comes in, you know. So. Okay. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it's cool. You know, it's it's um it's sort of different from other top level sports. You know. Yeah. Give us an idea of the the scale and how difficult it is to make it to the CrossFit Games. Like, for an Irish person, for an Irish CrossFit athlete like yourself, what do you have to do in order to get to the CrossFit Games in Madison? So, um, they changed this year. So, this, the old format used to be that you'd have to come in the top 30 in Europe. And then, once you get in the top 30 in Europe, you go to like the European Championships, which is regionals. And then, from there, you've got to come in the top five in Europe, and then you go to the Games. So uh, it's slightly different now in the sense that you just you, well, you just don't just need to win, but you need to come first in Ireland, or you need to win a sanctioned event. Um, so a sanctioned event, there's I think there's twenty two of them now, um, and they're all, all across the world. You have to win one of them. You got to come first in your country, or you got to come top twenty in the open. So the open is international. Yeah. So yeah. the open is a five week on online competition that you do in your own gym. And if you come top 20 in the world, you can go to the games um, as well. So there's three different ways of going. Um, so you've got to either, yeah, you come your national champion, win a sanctioned event, or come in the top 20 in the Open, and that's how you get to the games. Okay. The programming design for the Open, is that by Castro? Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's by Castro. Yeah, Dave Castro is the director of the games. Um, so the past year's changed, whereas the program was all aligned. So while you did in the open, we had 
be like would be a certain trend going into regionals. So say last year in the open you have two hand slam walks, which is the first time they did that in the open. But then that once you got to regionals you have to do a hand slam walk with an obstacle course or with a yeah with an obstacle course. So obviously that was a progression from the open. But now because Castro um like H cross H U has no control over the programming for sanctions. Okay. Okay, so um so actually this year in November Filthy One Fifty so Drina and Jamie, uh, they're directors of the Field and Fifty, their sanction event, and they're doing brilliant things for Irish Cross. So you know, you want to get um, Drina and Jamie and talk about their sensations. They're putting Irish Cross on, on the map. You know, they're going up to all the events. They're talking to Castro, talking to Glassman. So and um, Jamie and Drina are doing brilliant things across it, and they've got a sanction event here called the Filthy One Fifty. They set up the Filthy One Fifty years ago. They've made a sanctioned event now, so in November you're gonna have um, people from all across the world coming here to try and, and take a spot. And Where's that being hosted? Um, Punches Ten. Okay. Uh, Jamie and Drina will be programmed that themselves with no input from HQ, so they're they're programming to get somebody to the games, and um, so that's why it's sort of slightly different this year. You know, if that makes sense. And they yeah. wouldn't compete with themselves. And um, no, um, they they own uh, crosses the and swords. Um, but uh, they're doing brilliant stuff, you know. Like I, I can't say enough about them. What they're doing, you know, they're going over to um, they're going over to America, back and forth, going to all the sanctioned events. They're really putting Irish Cross out there, you know. Okay. Um, so they're doing serious stuff. Yeah. So, so if we look at um, this is more of a question about your training again, and more yeah. the mindset stuff. So if we look at your ultimate goal, which let's just say it's win CrossFit Games, pretty much. Do you? Do you work your training in terms of, right, in order to get to that ultimate goal, I need to do Y. In order to get to Y, I need to do X and work backwards yeah. to today. Or is it literally, right, today I just need to do this. And when I get to, the, to that, I'll work on my next goal. And then I'll work on my next goal. Do you work backwards from the end goal? Or are you working forwards from today? Um, that's a good question. No, I, I don't think, I have, everyone has an end goal in their mind. And it's like um, saying to a boxer, do you want to go to the Olympics? Like, I want to go to the Olympics. But you, they work backwards to the goal in the sense that every day you have can you perform your training that you're given a day at 100% mm. and if you can do that every day then the, you know you can concentrate on the process like it's all about process so continue work on the process and the result will come but if you're constantly focused on the end goal well you're not going to put in the work to get there you're not going to focus on the process to make it there so for me personally i have a number of smaller goals like micro blocks so at the moment say i've been working a lot on my rowing um, and i did 2k row last week um and now we're putting another block of training to get to get that 2k down in 12 weeks time so i would continue smaller blocks so we so i know that if i can't snatch you know 110 115 well i'm not going anywhere you know like the, you can say you're going to games, you're not going to games. So I have to get a hundred and ten kilo snatch. Yeah. And um, so I constantly focus on smaller things. Like well, that's not small, but constantly focus on goals that I can attain and then move on to the next one. And um, so if I can't, yeah, if I can't row two k on about six forty, yeah, it's probably not good enough. You know, like uh, Michael Smith, Jamie, can you do that in six six twenty five, six thirty? You know, so you got to have smaller targets and you got to work on them every day and focus on the process and then the larger goal will will come into focus more than if that makes sense yeah perfect so one of the things i found real hard about doing crossfit in my limited limited yeah. sessions is the mindset aspect of it that you just have to push yourself yeah to get the best results so 
you all have obviously done a good bit of coaching as well as, yeah. as your own training. For somebody who is starting CrossFit from from fresh, and yeah. this can obviously apply to loads of different sports, but um, would you say that you have to develop that resilience, that mental toughness, just purely through exposure and constantly doing sessions, or do you have any like advice or tips that you tell to people? Go if you try this, it'll help you from a mindset point of view. Yeah, like um, I think um, at the start, I think it's uh, you're like when I started, uh, you know, your your heart rate goes up very quickly, and that's really uncomfortable. You know, to have your heart rate go through the roof after a minute is not comfortable position to be in. So, um, I tell people to focus on the next thirty seconds or next task. So, say if you have uh, you're doing work every ten minutes. You focus on the next thirty seconds and get to get to minute thirty, then get to two minutes, then get mm. to two thirty, then get to three. So you break your ten minutes into little blocks. Mm. And don't work don't think of it as a ten minute ten minute piece that's really sore. Yeah. But think of it like that you're setting continuously little targets for the ten minutes and then it'll be over, you know. Yeah. Um yeah, that's the best way that's the best way I think of doing it. Okay. I think that's a very navy seal approach to things like that from I think um, I've listened to a few of those podcasts and they're you know talk about Hell Week and, and yeah. stuff and it's all about you know get to the next area you know get to the next area and don't think of I'm going to be sitting in sand for twelve hours and wet and cold you know it's, if you if you look too far ahead well you're done you know you're yeah. done so you got to focus on just the next minute like it's all about obviously but yeah um, yeah so that feeds in very nicely too. Our battery of three questions, I think. What does high performance mean to Ian Golden? Yeah, I think um, high performance um, across, I think, across different sports means different things. You know, is it an individual sport or is it team sport? You know, I think you don't need to look too far to see world-class high performance goals at Leinster Rugby, you know, mm-hmm. sure Lancaster and, and um, they're going to put together, you know. They're a really solid leadership structure. So high performance, I think, you have a solid leadership structure. And underneath that, if whether in a team you have or an athlete who um it's driven from the you know, Johnny Sexton drives that team, you know, Lancaster and Cullen facilitate him driving it. So you have leadership structure, you have the athlete driving it, and then you have accountability and like a frankness between everyone. So if I'm asking you, you know, if I tell you like um, you know, Dave, that wasn't good enough, that mistake just wasn't good enough, it's not you know, I'm not taking it personally. Like I know I'm I'm in hell accountable. And I can and I can talk and I can I can say to you, well, this is what happened, and so uh, high performance thing is strong leadership culture, um, an athlete driven environment, accountability, and having an openness to be, um, you know, an acceptance that you know you're being vulnerable, you know, yeah. vulnerability. Like if you're not being vulnerable, I don't think you're gonna improve. So I think for me that's the best answer I've heard. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, very comprehensive. Yeah. So regaining your edge in competition yeah. you miss a target but you get a chance to read it how do you reset yourself how do you get that yeah back? I think that's one thing I struggle with you know if, um, if, if, if you're not hitting your target or if you're constantly in cross in competition you have nine workouts there's nine workouts we have up but say you have six seven workouts and the first two go terribly you know it's hard to come back from that if you have before the competition you think Okay, I'm gonna win that one, win that one, you don't win it. Like that's that's a hard place to come back from within CrossFit. Pretty similar to golf, I think, in the sense that if you know USPJ was on last week, you know, Shane Larry has a poor first round, mm-hmm. and his three more rounds left, but he was like, I'm gonna do really well this week. Yeah. 
You know, I think um, I'd be lying if I said I know the answer to that. I think um, you just, so like what I said before, you just focus on going back to basics, you know. Yeah. That's what I used to do in football. Like, if I try and play a long pass and it doesn't come off, just go back to basics, you know, keep it short. Um, and the same across, you know. Don't think too far ahead, go back to basics, you know, just do do that movement that you have there and do it well and don't think too far ahead. So I think um, bouncing back, I think the main thing is that you go back to basics and you just go back to the fundamentals of whatever that is you're doing. Yeah. Whether, whatever sport that is. Okay. Do you enjoy training with partners or do you find you can push yourself on your own very well? Cause yeah, like I think um, there's a limit, there's only a limit, um, unless like you have a specific uh, number in your head that Unless it's like a, a row or a bike. So if I said to you, Dave, to go, you know, it's like a 40k, you have to do it this time. Well, you know, each, uh, you know where you have to hit along the way, you know. Now, I think if you're doing a workout, well, there's only so far you can push yourself. And if there's three movements in the workout. So if I'm doing strength work um, and that sort of stuff, well, I can do that by myself. You know, I don't need somebody there really push me to tell me I know I need like if but if you're doing an AMRAP or something yeah, outside well, me you'd be, I want to beat him yeah so then it's inevitable that I think it's better to do it together you know because there's only so far you can push yourself in your own head I think by yourself doing those type of workouts I think um, by yourself there's only so far you can go so doing those type of workouts where you have a 10 minute workout and three different movements you, it's much better to go against somebody um, because I think the human brain as well will give itself a break, you know. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll convince myself that it's okay to take a break. Here. Path the least resistance. Exactly. I think it's just human nature, isn't it? You know? yeah. and I think if I was going against you, Karen, kind of, <laughs> won't be much of a competition. Yeah, like, I think I'd want to win, and you yeah. want to be me, and we'd be ripping the head off each other, you know. Yeah. And that's like any sport, is that, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah, I think it um, depends. Definitely strength. The, anything that you can have numbers that are set down. So, Mike says to me, you have to clean 130 today oh, okay I can do it and um, what you know but if I if we did a workout together well then I can I'd be much better to do it against you, you know so big three at the yeah. moment what is Ian Golan's big three in life yeah I think um, I think it's a uh, I've listened to a few podcasts and a few different answers that and I think um, you know I think we all as people we all have you know work we all have, we all have relationships and um, and then it's trying to constantly in your life, you know, you're going backward and forward at different levels of that, you know. So um, I definitely, uh, at the moment, training and competing is what I'm really focusing on, you know, and um, probably I should, be getting, I should be better at, you know, maintaining, I'm really bad at maintaining relationships with friends and stuff, you know. Um, I'm sort of like, if it's not helping my performance, I'm not interested. I know that's a terrible way to think. And it's not healthy, but I think as me being honest, you know, I find it hard to maintain relationships with my friends at the moment, you know. So I think going um, forward that's something that I want to change. Yeah. Um but at the moment it's just training. Um and uh, that's that's it really at the moment, you know. Um and there's not not that else that's going on for me, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah. a good focus yeah, on yeah. something. So, one last one for me. Yeah. Uh, and this might be a hard one for you to answer, but this is more just out of interest. What is the hardest CrossFit session you've done? One off, one off session. Well, that was a great question. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great question. Um, 
But I suppose it changes as you get as you do more, you know. Yeah. So say say the first say the first session you ever did would be the hardest, but if you do that now after a year, it's easy. Yeah. Um, I did a session I remember with Jamie um a few years ago, and it was like rowing. Um, you had kettlebell squats yeah. and straight pull up. So it was rowing. It's like seven hundred fifty meter row. It was kettlebell lunges, so it's a two thirty-two kilo kettlebells, and you had to walk like a hundred feet, I think. Okay. And we had to do like twelve straight pull ups, and it doesn't like at the time. I remember it was like this was just. I remember at the time it was just so hard. Yeah. You know? And normally I'm okay with like sessions you now, but uh, and it's um, Stephen Barrett who um, helped coach me for a while, and um, he's a he's a professional cycling coach. Um, he works at um, in France now. He's a really good guy, and uh, mega smart. And he's put put me through such bad <laughs> sessions. You know, it's like one minute on, one minute off on the rower, um, at certain paces. You know, so yeah. anything that uh, that session, that process session. But then, if you're talking about conditioning, um, uh, yeah, those bike sessions or row sessions, you know, they're sick. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. So one last crossfit question yeah. from me, and then we'll be wrapping up. Mm. What's the golden workout of the day? So, you know, we've got all, these, <laughs> all the names after different Navy people through the year. So what's the, if we're going into your gym, what's that? If what's, I got to pick a workout, like... If, if there's one that's going to be named after you, what's your okay. workout? Good question, though. Um, I think I, I like muscle-ups on the ring, so... Give us yeah. sets, reps, give, okay. give us an idea if we're going to go to the gym and try to do the golden, what is the, it? Um, do, make it long as well. So do... 10 rounds, Oof. Uh, you do 5 muscle-ups, um, you got to do 10, 10 squat-cleans, so 10 of them and then you have to run 400 metres, that'd be hard. So 5 muscle-ups, 10 squat-cleans is 60, 40 for women, and then run 400. 10 rounds. Yeah. Can't read that later on. I might give that one a miss, that's it today. Better not say it today, I'm like, I'll give it to me. I found that really interesting, Ian. Thanks so yeah, much for coming in today. Thanks, You're, um, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You answered some questions really eloquently there. You spoke a lot about topics that myself and Connor had set this podcast up initially hoping to hit on, mm-hmm. such as leadership, accountability, frankness. Mm-hmm. We would define high-performance culture as being athlete-driven as well. You, yeah. you actually said that. You referenced Leinster. You're someone that doesn't want to have holes in your programming. That's how you define mental resiliency, just being yeah. so conditioned and strong physically to be able to do nearly everything that's put in front of you. I commend you for that. You want to do the basics and simple things well. All those 1% are important. You're going to be training at 9 and 3.30 and you have your two off days. You know, you're going to skip your coffee. So you've learned a lot from other sports. You've brought that training and know-how into CrossFit. And I think it's fair that you're a little bit selfish in order to make it because what we've both learned today and what I've particularly learned is how ultra competitive your sport is in order to make it to the game. So from the two of us here, we wish you all the best in pursuing your end goal. And thanks very much for coming in today. Thanks, 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 guys.